Hello, and welcome to episode number 25 of the Hayford Digital Podcast, a show for creators, makers, and doers, where my goal is to help you make to the max. My name is Ryan Hafey, and in this episode, Adobe finally, finally has, giving, has given us Premiere Pro users something to get excited about, and we're going to talk about it. Let's roll that intro. Hello and welcome to the show. Today's beverage of choice is AHA, sparkling water, strawberry and cucumber flavor. What I'm noticing about these uh, sparkling waters is that um, one of the flavors is kind of like the dominant flavor. And uh, by the way, we're getting, just so you know, because you can probably hear some dogs in the background, we ordered some Chinese food and it's coming for delivery, but uh, we can only get it delivered during the show. And this might be what's happening out there right now. So you're just going to have to deal with a little bit of uh, the dogs going crazy. Pudge may even turn into a howling beast. Yep. Yep. Not quite. He, he, can, he can go a little crazy. But anyway, what I've, <laughs> what I've learned about these waters is that there's usually one dominant flavor. In this case, it's a strawberry. They've got an apple and ginger flavor that I really like. The ginger... The ginger is um, a little bit more um, tame in that one as well. And the same thing here, the strawberry really sticks out. And it's really hard to um, to concentrate with those dogs. Hold on. Hey, Pudge, what are you yelling at? Oh, of course. I open the door. And then the second I close the door, they start going crazy again. Well, we're going to fight through it, whatever. So anyway, this is my uh, beverage of, of choice for the day. And uh, I'm starting to like these uh, AHA drinks. They're, they're good. They just, you know, they just have. But I did it. I mean, I vlogged. It was a. It was, I filmed for one day, being last Sunday, and I edited the entire thing together on Monday after that. And then I think I posted it this this past Monday evening, if I'm not mistaken. So it is up, and here it is. It's ten minutes thirty eight seconds. Uh, I actually had quite um, a lot of fun with this one because here we'll zoom in a little bit so you can. There you go. Look at that. Vlogging while hosting a live podcast. So uh, I had a lot of fun with this one. I what I I what I didn't want to do was a a vlog where uh, everything was just 
you know, scripted and overly produced. I, I, I see a lot of that kind of content. You know, I think there's a lot of creators out there who see the, the Peter McKinnons and the Casey Neistats and they're like, I'm going to, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to vlog like they do, which is fine to aspire to that. But, um, a lot of people just really overproduce and overthink their stuff and they try to emulate certain people. I didn't want to do that. I, I wanted to do, do something very casual, something very laid back and, um, something more fun. Cause it just makes it more fun when you don't have as much pressure on yourself. So I wanted to be able to just kind of pick up the camera because I, I feel like I, I have the ability to just take some ran, a bunch of random footage and, and create some kind of story around it. And I thought I did a pretty good job in there. Editing it was fun. I watched it back. I tend to watch my own stuff back a few times because I think you are the best person to learn from for yourself. So if I, you know, I watch the vlog back through and think, oh, I could have done this a little bit better. I could have done that a little bit better. And then I incorporate that the next time I do it. Um, but I thought it turned out really well. I was happy with it. So if you want to head over to the main channel, uh, I don't think the link is in the description currently, but, uh, if you just go to YouTube and search Ryan Hafey, you will find it. And the title of the vlog is vlogging while hosting a live video podcast in parentheses and more. I got to work on my titles, but that's the, uh, the title of the podcast. Next thing I want to talk about, and this is really cool. Uh, so, uh, I talked about this a little bit last week as well. My wife and I, um, have, we, we used to do this series called Pintastic Recipes. So my wife has a, a YouTube channel called Pintastic Life. It started out with as Pintastic Recipes and the concept being that we would find recipes that look tasty on Pinterest and then we would cook them uh, and film it and then test them out to see if they're actually as good as they look in the pictures from Pinterest. Um, and we did a number of them. And then over time, as things changed, we just kind of moved away from that a little bit. Uh, my wife kind of did some more vlogging on the channel. The last one that we did was back in October of 2016. And, uh, we thought, you know what, quarantine, extra time at home, let's try it. So we filmed another one. Um, and obviously since 2016, my skills in production, you know, production ability has gone up quite a bit. So we re-edited it. We, we used new music. I uh, made a new intro. Actually, I'll, I'll show you the intro here. Uh, I think I can do this. See. Stay tuned. Oh, look at that. All right, welcome back, Ooh. guys. And like I said, pretty cool. So, uh, in that episode, we did a uh, it's like a low carb cheese bread or a low carb uh, cheese cracker recipe that's supposed to kind of resemble Cheez Its. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. It ended up being 15 and a half minutes. And um, I was pretty proud of it. So, if you uh, have a chance, go check it out. Again, link's not in the description yet, but I will add a link to that video also, or you can just go search probably Pintastic Recipes, uh, low-carb cheese cracker, something like that. But that was a lot of fun, and I'm uh, looking forward to doing more of that. And now that we've got kind of some, some of the different elements and animations and things like that in place, editing those together should be a little bit easier because it, it probably took me maybe three weeks to get that all taken care of and edited amongst all the other things that I was working on. So that's the other thing I wanted to plug back to business here. So I uh, wanted to touch briefly and I, I don't want this podcast to become like a, a, uh, um, news podcast, but occasionally, um, when noteworthy, noteworthy things come up, I like to talk about them. 
One of them is the Joe Rogan Spotify deal. I don't know if anybody heard that. But earlier this week, it seems like everything that was announced this week was announced like early in the week. So everyone probably already knows everything that happened and have already moved on and onto other interesting things. But whatever, I figured I'll bring it up anyway. So Joe Rogan announced, by the way, Joe Rogan, if, if you don't know, comedian, uh, UFC uh, ho- uh, commentator, um, and host of the, the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, which is basically the biggest podcast in the world for the most part. Um, he's been doing it for so long. I, I feel like I, I, he's been doing it since like 2009 consistently. So he's been at it for quite a while. But he announced on uh, earlier this week that he struck a deal with Spotify and he's going to be um, moving the podcast to Spotify exclusively as of the end of the year. If I remember correctly, on in September 1st, the podcast will still be available wherever it is now and Spotify. And then as of after the end of the year, start at the beginning of next year, it will be only exclusively on Spotify. And that includes the video, apparently. And I was, I was interested to hear that. Um, you know, I imagine that Rogan being how he is was very adamant about making sure that his podcast does not change in any way, shape or form. Basically that, you know, that Spotify is not going to have any say in the format or the content or anything like that. Obviously it's a smart move on Spotify's um, end because they're getting the biggest podcast in the world. Um, and it's, it's going to be exclusive to their platform. So that can only help them as far as getting new subscribers and things like that. But uh, you know, it's just, it's interesting because it's like, it's obviously already successful. You can create a multi-platform strategy and multiple streams of revenue. Obviously he's already getting ad revenue and things like that. Um, and you know, not just, not just ad revenue from Google, but sponsor revenue, that type of stuff. And I'm sure there's other ways that he's monetizing it as well. So to kind of, to, to sort of, single down single in on one platform now you're you're going to inevitably reduce your reach i mean not everyone's going to jump over to spotify i don't have a paid spotify account i i'm actually i know it's 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 blasphemy but i'm a pandora guy i just like to kind of here's i want to listen to music that sounds like this band put on pandora and it works fine for me i'm i'm not interested in in setting up a bunch of all the different things that you can set up in spotify I just, I, I'm sure I would probably like it if I played around with it for a while, but I'm just not interested in it. I just, I'm a set it and forget it kind of guy. But uh, yeah, it, I don't know. I mean, when you're, when you're everywhere already, um, I imagine they that they had to, I don't know what, what the money situation is, but they had to offer him a lot of money for this. Uh, it's a multi-year deal if I, if I remember correctly. And um, yeah, he's, he's going to make some bank out of it. It'd be interesting to see how it works and how, you know, how many listeners, uh, you know, how many new subscribers Spotify gains out of this, how many listeners, you know, subscribe to Spotify just to keep listening to the podcast. We'll see. I don't know. But I just thought that was interesting. Um, And all we can do is really wait and see how it develops from there. The other thing. So um, last week I mentioned that I'm trying to, 
get a little bit more organized with some of the stuff that I'm doing. Just, you know, I think um, a lot with the content that I'm making, especially on my other channel, you know, I'll start, I'll start a project and then I'll just kind of, I'll do it when I feel like I'll work on it when I feel like working on it rather than, you know, I'm not holding myself accountable to, to getting stuff done at a certain time or maintaining any kind of consistent schedule. Uh, and as a result that, you know, that ends up with, a, I, I procrastinate a lot and then just stuff gets pushed out a lot later than it needs to get pushed out. So my, one of my potential solutions last week that I thought of was just getting some kind of um, dry erase calendar, or in this case, that back there, which is, can you see that? If you're, if you're just listening to this podcast, there's um, just like one of those little, if you remember like the fat heads, um, like the sports uh, fat head things that you can kind of like, they're, they're sort of like the, they cling to your wall. It's just like that, but it's a, it's a calendar instead. And I figured, okay, you know, I'm going to get this thing. I can just pop it on my wall. I've got this space here on the wall. I can put it up there and I can write stuff out and, and look at that every time I'm sitting here at this desk and I'm sitting here at this desk often. So win, win, right? Um, and it actually has helped me, I guess, so far, at least this past week in getting, you know, the Pintastic Recipes episode done and starting in on some other things. But of course, as I ordered that, I, th I started thinking to myself, like, wait a minute, um, you know, I, I'm so digital now and I like to, you know, I like to be able to access stuff from, from anywhere, but is there, is there maybe some sort of digital calendar that would be a better solution than what I have here? And then, um, I remembered a long time ago, I used to use this app called Rainlender, and it was a little calendar app that just went up in the top corner of your desktop screen. I think it was only for available for PC. Um, but it just, it was a little calendar that set up at the top there. You could see the, the, the days of the month. And then below that it would have little line items of stuff that, uh, um, you need to get done. You could, you know, um, schedule recurring things. And it was just a nice little easy to see reminder on this device that I use all the time. Um, I wanted something a little bit bigger than that, but I thought, okay, well, is there any other kind of desktop calendar tool that I could use? And I just did a little Google search and found this thing called desktop calendar, which is literally just, whoops, wrong button. God dang it. Uh, so it's, it's this, uh, I'm still working on kind of building it out. Obviously there's not a whole lot on it, but you can just double click, type something in, blah, 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 blah. You can highlight it, right click it, give it a color. Uh, you can mark it as complete, which just basically strikes and does a little strike through and, um, you can yeah build it out that way. And then anytime I get on the computer, all I have to do is say, all right, today is this day. Today I have the podcast. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to edit and record the uh, the drone hyperlapse effect from a video, again, that I've been working on for uh, multiple weeks now. Um, and I think that I like this format a little bit better. You can resize this. You can change the colors. Um, this is a free version. The, the, there is a, a freemium version of this. I think it's like, uh, they had a few different payment options, but you can pay like $22 for three years. And I didn't look too much into it yet, but I, I believe that it gives you the ability to just kind of sync across like Google calendar. Could be wrong about that. 
but you can move this around on your desktop, make it bigger, make it smaller, change the colors of the text, all different kinds of stuff. And so far it seems to be working out pretty well for me. So, you know, I spent money on that, but in, in the end I may end up just using something like this. Cause I think this is probably going to be a little bit better for my workflow, but anyway, so that's that update. And then I think those were the only major updates I had for today with the exception of our main topic, which is the Premiere Pro, Adobe Premiere Pro, their latest update, which they released, I believe it was the 19th, if I'm not mistaken. So let's talk about it. Um, there's a good chance you may have already heard about it, especially if you are a video editor who happens to... Um, you know, watch the YouTubes or at least keep up with the news with regards to Premiere and all that type of stuff. But in case you haven't, uh, Premiere Pro released an update that basically speeds up your export times. It depends on the, the, the type of hardware that you have in your system. Um, but basically the, the uh, export uses your GPU uh, and, and in order to speed up your export times, some people were seeing like, um, 50% increases. Some people were seeing like, you know, export speeds three times as fast as they're used to. Uh, and it's pretty crazy. I did not experience speeds that, that fast. Um, but so what I did was I, my, my vlog actually that I just showed you a little bit earlier, I exported that using, well, let me back up a little bit. So first of all, yeah, what, what the update does premiere for a while now has allowed you to use, um, GPU acceleration while editing, meaning that if you've got a graphics card, you can use, utilize your graphics card to help you play back a little bit in your timeline and make editing a little bit faster. There are certain effects that pull from pull juice from your GPU. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend to um, know all the, the technical ins and outs and everything here. So, uh, don't take me as the, um, and I'll be all source of this information. Uh, and, and in fact, a lot of the information that I got came from, uh, Gerald undone his uh, video that is linked currently in the description below. So go check that out. If you want to see a more in-depth breakdown of what the update exactly is, what it does, and some examples of some different exports that he did some different export tests. Um, but, um, yeah, so going back to what I was saying, the GPU graphics, your graphics card, um, you can use that in editing with certain effects and things like that to be able to edit faster. Uh, you'll notice if you have it turned on that playback will be a, a little faster in certain cases. Excuse me. This, uh, aha bubbly is giving me the burps. Um, but what the feature that was not present until now was the ability to utilize the graphics card for, uh, during export. Um, I believe software encoding encoding was the only option when it came to exporting. So Adobe got together with Nvidia who makes a lot of popular graphics cards and, um, they work together to, to make this happen. So to activate it, you would just go when you're exporting, uh, where it says video beneath that, there's an option to change your encoding setting. Uh, and you would change it from software to hardware. 
And there are a couple other settings that you want to make sure that you have in place. And we're not going to go, I'm not going to go through a tutorial about it in this video. Like I said, there's a lot of people who have already um, posted videos about it. So uh, go watch Daryl's video if you want to see all those details. But basically you would, you would select hardware encoding and that will ensure that when you export, um, you will be pulling from the graphics card. It works for H.264 or H.265 um, exports uh, as your video format. And so I did, and oh, by the way, also you have to have a 10 series um, GPU or a 20 series Turing GPU, if I remember correctly, in order to access these features. So you do have to have, I have a GTX 1080 in my system. So luckily I was able to take advantage of it. So it's, again, it's all going to depend on the components that you have in your system. But I did run a test on my end. I exported the vlog that I posted on Monday um, in two different versions, one with software encoding and then one with the, the new and improved hardware encoding. With software encoding uh, for a video, that I exported at 1080p at 24 frames per second with a total video length of 10 minutes and 38 seconds with software encoding, not using the GPU. It took it five minutes and 45 seconds to export. Uh, and then turning hardware encoding on, it exported in four minutes and 24 seconds. So about a 20% or so improvement, I believe if the math is roughly correct or to put it another way, uh, what that's a minute and 26 seconds I shaved off of my export time. And I believe um, in some of the tests that I've seen other creators do um, for longer videos, the time savings is even greater. So the only caveat with exporting with hardware encoding, I guess it makes your file sizes slightly larger, like to the tune of about 5%. Um, but when you consider potentially how much time this can save you when it comes to the export, that seems to be um, worth it. And I'm happy with it. So I'll take it. Uh, I think for anyone who works with Premiere, you understand the, the, the frustrations of Premiere. And there, there are plenty of frustrations with Premiere out there currently. I mean, the constant crashes, it, it's, it, it still boggles my mind why... Um, and now that I say it, knock on wood, I haven't had any issues with Premiere crashing lately. So that's a good thing, I guess. But everybody knows, I mean, you you just search for Premiere Pro memes and they're everywhere because uh, everybody knows that Premiere is, is definitely buggy. It's got a lot of great features in it. Um, but really, I mean, your only other options, if you want a professional editing uh, you know, software program is you're going to final cut if you're on a Mac or DaVinci resolve. And yeah, I mean, there's Sony Vegas and there's some other, you know, some other ones that maybe aren't quite as feature rich or, or well-known, but I mean, I'm, I'm an Adobe guy. I, you can't knock the fact that all Adobe products work together pretty seamlessly, you know, premiere pro after effects, even Photoshop and, and all those, um, so for me, it's worth it to deal with it. I find that, you know, when you have a better system with some better hardware in it that can take, that can handle Premiere, uh, the experience with Premiere obviously is a lot better. Uh, I've had heard a lot of good stories of people 
um, switching over to DaVinci Resolve and having a much better user experience. And I've, I've toyed with the idea of using DaVinci for a while now, but honestly, I just, I'm, I'm just probably just too lazy to really pick it up. Like it's, it's just not the right time for me to, to dive into a new, a new program. Um, especially when I feel I'm, I'm pretty competent within Premiere and can get quite a bit done within Premiere in not a whole lot of time. So for me, there's just not currently a reason or a need for me to use another software program other than just being able to learn another software program. But, um, yeah, a lot of the criticisms of Premiere in the past have been just, it's been, you know, Premiere will be slow or render slow or um, just people have a hard time editing in Premiere because of some of the speed limitations. So now granted, again, this update that they released doesn't help you with editing. It doesn't change anything with your editing, but if export time is important for you and you know if you're cranking out especially if you're cranking out a lot of different content um and you need to move quickly this could be a a huge time saver for you uh it's gonna you know it's gonna take less load on your system theoretically over time if it's if it's taking less time to edit or uh, less time to export so you know it's we're moving in the right direction we'll put it that way so yeah, Premiere. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Adobe. It sounds like uh, maybe you're starting to listen to us a little bit. Now, if you can make Lightroom work a little bit faster, that would also be great. Oh man, what is it? It's Memorial Day weekend. I hope uh, everybody's having a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. It's it's interesting out in Vegas. Typically, Memorial Day weekend is a big weekend in Vegas. You got a lot of people coming out, and you know, night the nightclubs are usually packed. Casinos are, are full, and um, not so much the case this time around. We are we, we've opened up a little bit. I believe we're still in phase one. I don't know that anybody truly understands what the phases mean at this point, but um, we're starting to reopen. Stores are starting to reopen. Um, my wife and I went and ate in a restaurant. Uh, recently it was a little weird. They had everyone separated and they, you know, everyone seated and eat every other booth or every other table. It was a little tough to understand. It was sushi. It was a little tough to understand the waiters because they were wearing masks and face shields, which I appreciate, but it was again, uh, what do you, you say? So things are different for sure. Uh, but there's a little glimmer of, normalcy coming back that is greatly appreciated so um you know while i don't uh, while i hope everything can be opened back up safely and i hope that there are no rebounds of the virus um you know i think people are are eager to get back to normal but what is normal, you know? Who knows? This this whole year has just been so bizarre. But anyway, I'm uh, I'm going off on a tangent. I I've been uh, I found myself uh, engaging with people on social media about topics related to um, everything going on, and uh, I, I realize like 
A, it's not going to change anything, and B, I'm just I'm just driving myself insane by doing so. So, I actually deleted the Facebook app on my phone the other day just to just to withdraw myself from the conversation. So that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to just just pull myself away from it and uh, let people think what they want to think because everyone's got different opinions. And these days, you can't change anybody's mind with anything. Doesn't matter what you say. Everybody's leaning into everything they believe. So, anywho, so I think on that note, boring coronavirus talk. <laughs> Again, please hit that subscribe button if you are not subscribed to the channel and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Ryan Hafey. Let's have a conversation. Ask me a question. Um, questions, comments, concerns. Would love to hear from everybody. And um, I hope everyone has a wonderful and safe Memorial Day weekend. And, uh, Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.